Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Uh, what happened there? We just didn't get lined up properly, and um, the play clock was winding down. As you moving around on that play singling, guys, is that how you kind of lost? It seemed like you had lost where the center was. You lined up one of those. Yeah, guys. I was just moving, trying to get everybody settled up, and then just you know, I got under the wrong guy. <laughs> oh man, he just just literally like his version of the butt fumble, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. They're lining up behind the right guard, and he's just kind of he just kind of laughs it off. I don't think he wants it to land because it's humiliating, right? So he has to kind of laugh it off and just oh yeah, it was just kind of not my fault. I don't. All those five asses look the same. I don't. What are you gonna do? I don't think he blamed himself. I think. I think it had. I think it stemmed from the play call in his mind and the chaos, and that he was a, as he always is, a victim. It's never his fault, right? Never Nothing, his fault. N- nothing's ever his fault. And the the people that defend him in that moment are not. You're not like helping the Vikings. You know, for, for everyone to walk away from that game brushing off accountability is not doing a service to the team. It's not doing a service to anyone. So uh, this is yep. Purple Daily. Purple accountability is what we're going to call this today. <laughs> a lot of accountability. And uh, I am Phil Mackey. That is Judd Zolgad and our executive producer, Declan Goff. And if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, thank you. Please click subscribe and the like button if, uh, if you are enjoying this content on a daily basis. If you're watching it on a TCL TV, thanks for supporting the show because TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. And they have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Um, all right, boys. Let's. Um, I just saw the most ridiculous cousin stat that I'm going to have for you in my pie chart nice. of blame. But let's let's start with Judd here. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. So when they win... It's pie chart of praise. When they lose, it's pie chart of blame. And let's go over to Chef Judd Zolgad mm. here, slicing up, mm. carving up his pieces of pie. Thanksgiving time. It's Thanksgiving time. And so I am, I've been working in the kitchen since last night to come up with this pie chart of blame. And after all of that work, all of that blood, sweat, and tears, I've still got a very, very small pie as far as the pieces. Or should I say a big pie as far as the pieces? Because I've only got three slices. 
Because the more I thought about this, I could dole slices out here and there. Oh, maybe this guy deserves 5%. And you know what? At times, there are that is certainly appropriate. But in this case, I think it's very simple. 45% of the blame, the first big portion, big chunk, you're going to be full, goes to head coach Mike Zimmer. This is your defense, which didn't play well. Now, I'm not shocked by that, but you pride yourself on on defense and stopping teams. And ultimately, this is your entire team that regressed and shrunk at one of the most important times. This was statement day. This was a chance to get to 6-5 and and to make a statement that we're not only in the playoff picture, but damn it, we're going to grab it by the throat. Things are different now. Things are different than all of those uh, lamentable, tough, close defeats in week one and two, right? Oh, man, the Vikings, if this had gone right, they win those games. They're not that bad. See, and I kept saying, well, good teams win those games, bad teams don't. And yesterday was a chance in what was a pretty damn close game to grab it, and it would have been an ugly win. It would have been unattractive, and I don't care. It's on the road. You win that game, and you are sitting pretty, I believe, in the sixth seed. You're in really good shape. Your schedule is favorable. Everything said escape Santa Clara with a win. And I'm really impressed. Like, that's really impressive. And you shrunk. Your entire team shrunk. Every bit of your team shrunk and regressed to who they truly are. And so, Zim, 45% slice of pie, well-earned. Next piece of pie, exact same slice, 45%. That goes to a guy who is nothing like Zim, but in so many ways is exactly like Zim, Kirk Cousins. They have nothing in common, and yet I've never—I've never seen exactly. I've never seen two people so identical who probably and and perhaps that's why I think they absolutely positively at the end of the day loathe each other. But forty-five percent. Because Kirk got off to a good start. The first half was impressive, guys. The first half continued the Kirk trend. Throwing the ball. Um, uh, Je- Jefferson, I think at times, was doubled. And I think at times triple teamed. And guess what? Thielen, two touchdowns. Wide open. Kirk is slinging the ball. That's really nice. That, okay, that's good. We're on to something here. You're continuing the offensive trend. And then your first pass after uh, after San Fran scores at the end of of the first half, which is not your fault, and then scores on their opening drive of the second half, and you come back out to take control, and you throw a terrible pick. And you know what? Picks happen. Picks happen. The question is, what do you do after that pick? And Kirk shrunk. He melted down. He absolutely melted down, and it became it became the old Kirk at that point, which is he's panicked. He's upset. He can't get past that bad pick. And everything spirals from there. And like it or not, the quarterback is one of the key cogs to calm things down, to lead the team, to say, I threw a pick, guys. I don't care. Let's go, go, go. And instead, instead you're checking down. Instead, you're right back to, I work here. What am I supposed to do? 45% to Kirk. 10%, very small slice. And I don't fault these guys because I think that they tried um, but they clearly it clearly just failed run defense just got gashed so I'll give them a 10% chunk because I mean 200 plus yards is absolutely terrible 
Uh, but I truly believe that the main slices of pie here and the main blame go to two people, the quarterback and coach, who both, when they had their chance to make a statement about what 2021 was going to mean going forward. Because we always talk about that, right? Like, we're not focused on the past. We're focused on the future and what the, and game to game. Yesterday was your chance to say, I don't care what happened in Cincinnati. I don't care what happened against the Cardinals. I don't care. I am going to show you that things are different. And ultimately, push came to shove. You did not. So 45% to Cousins, 45% to Zim, a small 10% chunk to the run defense. Wow, there it is. The Rock knows how you nice feel about work. pie. Little Look 505 drive. Five, five minutes. Five, five minutes. Just, just efficiency. I held the ball a little bit. I got some passes. I ran it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ate some clock. I feel good about the drive. So, Judd, you and I came in with pretty similar scripted plays here. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. And I'm gonna i I'm gonna stick to I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a different sort of spin on a similar pie here. So you brought pecan pie. Maybe I'm sprinkling in some uh I ate a, a chocolate chip pecan pie at a friend's giving gathering a couple nights ago. So that's going to be my take Who about on the Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Uh, you can't have pie oh, without Cool Whip. Think what? What weird? The Vikings got whipped in the second half by the 49ers. <laughs> All right. 10% to the defense. People want to hammer the defense. Why don't you guys spend as much time hammering the defense? Well, I mean, what did you expect? They were down four starting off uh, defensive linemen. You know, I think the Vikings should have known the mission here. Guys, we're going on the road on grass, which has always been a problem for Mike Zimmer coach teams. Road, grass, like, it's just not easy. And it's a team that has pounded the run this season, especially the last couple weeks. They have, like, 300-plus yards on the ground the last two games. Like, they're probably going to rack up some rushing yards, at least over 100, maybe even 150-plus. Like, it wasn't that unexpected that they would run the ball down your throats. And so what's your counter? Well, they have a... Hard time sometimes stopping opposing teams passing games. You got to win this thing in a shootout. So um, the defense was not good, but I'm only giving them 10% because it was a bunch of backups up front. Now let's get to the other two slices of pie. I only have three. 40% for Kirk Cousins going blue screen of death in the second half. And I'm going to give you this stat. This stat was sent to me this morning on Twitter by jschlick03 on Twitter, and I can verify it's correct. I went through and and verified that Kirk Cousins is 0-20 when throwing multiple interceptions in a game in his career. 0-20. He's never won a game, or more accurately, his teams have never won a game when he has thrown more than one interception 10 years in the NFL. Now, Jay Schlick 03 sent this to me as if to say, well, and real quick, I'll give you the other record. Stafford is 11 and 25. Russell Wilson is 5 and 10. Drew Brees is 21 and 43. Uh, Big Ben is 16 and 33. Matt Ryan is 17 and 25. Tom Brady, 19 and 27. So losing records. But these quarterbacks are like, they're winning one in every two ish times that they throw multiple picks. And so uh, Jay Schlick 03 sent this to me as if to say, see, Kirk's the unluckiest guy ever. He gets no help from his coaches, no help from his defense. No one ever picks him up when he makes mistakes in games and throws multiple interceptions. And that's one way to look at it. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if one time when I throw multiple interceptions, could someone else, like last night, Lamar Jackson throws four, and they still find a way to win because the defense was amazing, right? 
And so there is some truth to that in some of those games. But I look at this and I say, holy crap, the best quarterbacks in the NFL can shake off multiple interceptions and keep coming at you in the second half, throwing darts, being aggressive, overcoming their own mistakes. Just because you throw a pick or two doesn't mean the game is over. Keep pushing forward. That's what I. That's how I interpret this. And maybe there's a little bit of like, okay, so uh, maybe Russell Wilson had some better luck with better defenses at some point. But Kirk Cousins has also had some pretty damn good defenses with the Vikings in two or three of the years he's been here. So what happens? He throws a boneheaded interception early in the second half after a wonderful first half and completely short circuits the rest of the way. Throws a ground ball to Justin Jefferson in the end zone on a two-point conversion. Uh, later on, missed Justin Jefferson on a do-or-die fourth down and then has the most Kirkian moment of his Vikings career where he lines up behind the right guard on fourth and goal. Complete panic, chaos. You're the leader out there, dude. Like you had, you got to shake off interceptions. You got to communicate. But the wide receivers were lined up wrong. Well, who's communicating in the huddle? Why are there two wide receivers lined up wrong on that fourth down play? Are they just idiots? Is it just a, a coincidence that both guys like, oh, we're both idiots. We're going to go over to the right over here. Or did maybe the quarterback not communicate properly? You know, is he not taking control in a key moment in that situation? By the way, he lined up with like seven seconds to go on the play clock behind the right guard. If he lines up under center, they get that snap off. I'm just saying. And then, of course, they call timeout, reset, take a deep breath, and he throws the ball away like into the first row of fans. So like 40% to Kirk Cousins going blue screen of death, not only in that second half, but pretty much every time he throws like well, in this case, he didn't even throw multiple interceptions, by the way. That stat just illustrates what happens to him mentally when he makes a mistake. Uh, and then 50% goes to the Mike Zimmer-Kirk Cousins pairing that is 30-28-1 over the last four years, which, you know, we talked about this on Mackie and Judd. If you're a garbage franchise like the Lions, you'll gladly sign up for 30-28-1 over the next four years. If your franchise struggles to win more than three games, then Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer are the pairing for you because they will get you to eight wins. They will get you flirting with the playoffs and bring you back to relevant football. But if your franchise has gone 60-plus years without a Super Bowl championship, those guys are going to get you eight or nine wins. They are the Leroy Horde of coach-quarterback <laughs> combinations. If you need two yards, I'll get you three. If you need five yards, I'll get you three. That's the entire career for these guys outside of the 2017 season where the Vikings had the best defense. Um, and I'll throw this out to Cousins and Zimmer. If you include this year's games as their project, the records are projected to finish, 7-24 and 24 against teams that finish the season with a winning record. It is what it is. It's a gravitational pull toward 500. So uh, 10% to the defense, 40% to Kirk Cousins, 50% to the pairing of Mike Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins. The Rock knows how right. you feel about The clock restarted halfway through, but add three minutes. Add three minutes to 339, so 639. Okay. 639 for a yeah. drive there. Good drive. I'm comfortable. Yep. Good drive. Comfortable with that. 639 how drive you, there. Real quick, before we get to Declan's, how do you guys interpret the 0 and 20 multiple INTs stat? So I interpret it this, this way. Did, did you say what Brady's... Record was in such situations, Phil? 19 and 27. So 
I watched a bunch of the of the Colts Bucks game, and in that game, the Colts played really well at times, and they had a lead for a good portion of that that game. And I'm going to tell you right now, Brady, his ability, and this is this is a mental thing. So this has nothing to do with with actual physical attributes. Brady's approach is, I'm on a business trip, and I don't care how I I leave here with a win. I'm going to do it, and nothing's going to phase me. Bad plays by me, bad plays by my teammates. I might get pissed, but once I'm done being pissed, that's it. Um, and the more I watch that, the more that I'm interested in the mentality of that. Because when Kirk threw that pick, that was it. He was gone. Like, he was he was gone mentally. And and watch the quarterbacks. It's not just that. And this is why the the statistical journey doesn't take you down the path of, of what we discussed last week with the Judd or the J or I don't know what our, our word was. But the word. the intangible index, the intangible index. Kirk doesn't have the intangible index to get you through that because he can't get the, himself the through jury. it. The Judd Intangible Ratio uh, Index, the Judd Intangible Rating okay. Index. The jury, <laughs> we'll call it that. But my point, but my that's how I interpret that because it's not that those guys are going to throw a pick or two picks and come back and have great games. It's they can survive it enough to get themselves wins that you have to get to be successful. Kirk can't do that, and that that's where I don't think people can process it because they look at the stats and they're like, "But look at the stats! Look at the stats! The stats are great." But that's that's just a part of the thing here. A bigger part is when things go haywire, how do you react? Because sports are designed to go haywire. Yeah, that's how I interpret it. And that's the thing. Like we can, and, and and instead of and there's again, there's two ways to look at that, right? Okay, things are going haywire. And you can say, well, what can the Vikings do to prevent things from going haywire? Get a better offensive line. Get a better coach. Get a better this, better this. The reality is in the NFL, Correct. it's impossible to prevent things from going haywire. Correct. You know, again, They're watching Red to. Zone yesterday, watching some of those games. Yes. Hell, I was watching uh, that ugly Browns-Ravens game last night, the final drive. And, and the Browns actually have a pretty damn good offensive line. But the yeah. Ravens knew the Browns got the ball back with one minute left. No timeouts. Down by six. Baker Mayfield's got to go 80 yards for a touchdown, whatever it was, 75 yards. First play, pressure up the middle because it's hard to be a perfect offensive line when the other team knows you're going to pass. Okay. Once the pressure comes, what are you going to do? What's, you know, no, did you, did you make the proper right. calls at the line of scrimmage right. to get a hot route coming across the middle? Like, you know, you, you need to be able to operate when there's adversity and when there's pressure and when mm-hmm. things are muddy and things are messy. And the Vikings do not generally thrive under those conditions. And you can game plan all you want, right? Like on Wednesday we worked on this and on Thursday, but when the bleep hits the fan, which it did, the question is can one person take complete control and say, here's what we're doing, boys? That's the question. Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions yeah. yesterday. Four. And the Ravens still figure out a way to win the damn game. And the and the Ravens' defense performed very well, and mm-hmm. I would give them much more yeah. credit than Lamar Jackson for why they won that game. Yep. And that's the great. But area. The Mar- mm-hmm. There's been games like that for Kirk too. The Mark Craig piece with Kirk in the strib was, which was really a good read and and insightful. It just reaffirms our he is the. I work here. Give me my directions. 
And that's not the quarterback position. The quarterback position is, okay, I work here, but damn it, I'm going to take control. I'm going to be the employee of the year. I am going to take control when I have to. And yesterday, we got to that, and what did Kirk do? He just went, he's like, where are guys supposed to be? And, and then he's getting mad and frustrated. And that's where, and that's where the jury comes in here because Kirk scores very low on the jury. By the way, the rock knows how you feel about pie. Before I get to my pie chart here, this uh, update on Dalvin Cook's injury status from Sunday. Uh, Ian Rapport reported on Monday morning at 1130 that Dalvin Cook tore his labrum while dislocating his shoulder yesterday. Uh, but the ailment is not season ending. The hope it's the hope is that this is like 2019 when the team rests Cook for a few games to have him healthy for a playoff run. So a torn labrum, according to sources that tell mm. in Rappaport for Dalvin Cook. Gosh, I don't know. Just, uh, I don't know. He's so good, but he just you know every year, man. This is what yeah, and this is what happens to running backs. It's not just Cook. You know, name me a running back that's just always healthy for like four or five years. Just Derrick Henry. You know, oh so, yeah, oh yeah, um, you're thousand percent right there. All right, Declan has a, a, a pie tray here too, but you know, Judd's. Yeah, you're you're not just like eating kale and drinking seltzer water. Like you're enjoying your life and you're down almost thirty pounds. Yes, and that awesome. that is is thanks to, to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. In fact, the folks have extended their Black Friday savings, and you can now do what I've done, and it's fantastic. Give yourself the gift of good health. Save fifty percent off the program today, and your first visit is free. So again. 50% off, and, and your first time talking to them, going to see them is free. Just call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or visit Livia, that's L-I-V-E-A dot com, and uh, get on the plan that I have. So by the time January 1st hits, you're not saying I've got to lose weight. You're saying I've lost weight and I will lose more. And the best part is, the best part is I'm not just going to get down uh, to my goal of 200 pounds, I'm going to stay there. So far, down 26 pounds. Livia.com, 50% off the program today. And uh, you're looking, looking. I'm guessing, better in your chill boys. I don't want to see you necessarily in your chill boys. Uh, but With the long johns on, I'll show you. Oh, God. What? I got the long johns on it's, right it's now. It's a good look. I rocked them at the That's tailgate. Right. Yeah, Saturday, I was going to say, this, this is not a look where it's like, are you wearing long underwear? You look inappropriately yeah. dressed. No, they look great. Oh, always appropriate. The most comfortable underwear that we have ever put on. Yes. Great holiday gift or stocking stuffer yes. item, too. If you want to uh, grab some of that bamboo fabric, perhaps, or the long underwear, chillboys.com. It's a Minnesota-based company, so you can support local, even though... Uh, they're based online at chillboys.com. So uh, check them out and find out why we've been raving about them for months here on Purple Daily. All right. The Rock knows how you feel about Pie chart pie. of blame number three here from Declan. Uh, pretty brief pie chart for me as I'm on the clock. Just two pieces of pie, but one of those chunks uh, <laughs> it includes two people, but it, it's split. It's split right down the middle. Okay. 50% of my pie chart of blame to Kirk. Uh, Kirk absolutely shipwrecked the game in the second half. He couldn't overcome adversity. He had a chance to win the game on, on a game-winning drive, the last drive of the, of, of the game. He obviously lines up behind the wrong player. He, yes, Don McNabb uh, skips a ball, basically, right to Justin Jefferson for a two-point conversion. I actually liked the aggressiveness of, of what Mike Zimmer was able to do yesterday. They went for, on fourth and goal two different times. Um, I love that stuff. I, I think instead of just kicking field goals, they went for daggers. I love that, but... Uh, Kirk Cousins, at least on on the mess up with the guard and on the final drive of the play, couldn't overcome that. The Vikings could have won that game 
And I mean, I mean, the Niners had every uh, ran up the middle and, and did everything they were supposed to do, and the Vikings still had positions to win the game, and Kirk wasn't able to deliver that. So I'm sorry, I'm putting the blame there on Kirk, fifty percent, uh-huh. and then fifty percent to Spielman, and I will loop in Mike Zimmer to that as well. So. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer looked at that defense last year and said it's unacceptable. I know they lost Neil Hunter. They had absolutely no pass rush. You had all four of your starters out against San Francisco also yesterday. That made things difficult on the run and also just getting after Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but I think it was just a poor assumption to pour a bunch of money into a nose tackle and to assume that a guy with a three technique can come in here and fix everything. And for the Vikings to basically go from 28th to top 10 defense overnight by plugging and playing microwave meals and forming it as gourmet meals was not the best way to go about it in free agency. Daniil Hunter is probably one of the best defensive ends in the league, and his absence is missed way more than Everson Griffin's is. But at the end of the day, it, it, it was an insane bad assumption on our part to just assume that they'd go from 28th to top 10. And I know they're missing starters too, but they put a lot of resources into fixing that defense. And unfortunately, that's not where it is, though. If the Vikings are going to win games, it was going to be in a shootout. And the Vikings are putting up points. Their offense is good. It's not elite. But if they're going to make any type of run here in, in, in 2021 and try to make some type of run in the playoffs, it's going to come from their offense. It's not going to come from their defense putting clamps down. They can be opportunistic, right? But your defense can't even get off the field on third and long on multiple occasions yesterday. It's third and long. There should be no excuse for you not to get off the field when it's third and long like that. And the Vikings defense absolutely basically uh, screwed themselves trying to figure out a ways to not get off the dang field. So I'm, I'm actually putting 50% of my blame to Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, 50% to Kirk Cousins. It's a quick pie chart of blame for me looking at what I saw in the loss of the Niners. So 50% to Kirk, 50% to Spielman and Zimmer. Just a quick two-minute yeah, 45 off. Yeah, no, two-minute drill. Yeah, two-minute drill. And, and, and Phil did talk about on multiple occasions during uh, the summer months, that ver- that very fact that trying to rebuild a defense is very difficult because it relies on so many components. And, yep. Yeah. But you brought that up multiple times, and you're exactly right. And uh, I just I keep going back to like what's the offense should be top five in the NFL, mm-hmm. like in in almost every meaningful way. Like mm-hmm. I don't think it's unrealistic to ex back that with all the weapons that they have look at the weapons on this team they've got two of the best wide receivers in the league the last handful of years and Adam Thielen Justin Jefferson and when they target those guys they win games and Osborne. what happened in the second half they went away from those guys in the second half that's correct what did you guys just in terms of fleshing out all of the excuses or justification Let's go back to that fourth down play here before we get to Judd's post-game preach presented by Surly. Um, so it's fourth down. They need a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie. There's under nine minutes to go. You know, you know, They did wind up getting another chance later. But at the time, like this is the biggest moment. You could make a case for kicking a field goal there to just be down by five, get the ball back. But you might not the get ball the ball back. The so, team. yeah. Yes. Yep. I actually wouldn't have crucified Zimmer if they would have elected to kick a field goal there, but I understand and I like the aggressiveness, so I, you know, I I side with it. Yep. But when when that play call comes in, yep. and they go up and there's chaos, I want to say there was like 12 or 14 seconds left on the play clock when the receivers are are headed toward the wrong side of the formation. I saw that and again, I get that I am like anti Kirk Cousins guy, so you can you can 
flush this opinion if you want, if you're a Kirk stan. But how do the receivers come out of that huddle, both K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson, confused as to where the lineup? Like, at what point in either one of their careers to this point, especially Justin Jefferson, has led you to think, oh, he's an idiot that has no idea, like, how to line up? Yep. I put that on the guy communicating the play call. Well, you blame Kirk for everything. Well, why were there why were there three false starts in the first four plays of the season? Yep. Do those guys just not know the snap count? Like, who's leading in that situation? I just it, that sequence bothered me so much yesterday. I just I'd love your just to put this to bed, flush it out more. I think the problem. So so if Kirk could take control, it would be nice. But he's incapable. Like he just won't. And and I don't know if he can't. I don't know if it's just. But he cannot. The the problem is, and and you know this again goes back to the intangibles. He doesn't have the ability to truly lead. So I I'm telling you, I think the problem is that between Kubiak and Janoko now both helping call plays, which, by the way, against the Chargers and Packers worked out pretty damn well, there were a few occasions where there were clearly conflicting play calls of some sort, and I don't know exactly, coming in, because two receivers don't just line up in the wrong place. I think that out of the huddle, they were given a directive. And then Kirk looked Kirk looked flustered enough that somebody had said, no, no, no. And so all hell starts to break loose. And instead of Kirk basically saying, I'll handle it. I'll I'll take the snap. Let's Here's get what the, we're doing. Let's get the play off. Kirk goes Kirk goes to the right guard because he is now th- thrown off. But I'm telling you, I also think that last play of the first half where Kirk was clearly pissed off came from the fact that you now have – like, we don't know who's calling plays. Like, we don't even know now. I'm telling you, there's multiple things now. And there's m- multiple people trying to help Clint. And and at times that's been great. But again, spontaneously, it's probably not great. Because if something starts to go wrong, Kirk and Kirk is, if Kirk had the ability to say, everyone shut up, here's what we're going to do, then it works. But he doesn't. And this is where we get into the real uh, intricate discussion of what does your quarterback need to do? And in 2021, he needs to say, I I got this. Screw it. You know, Clint, screw it. Andrew, screw it. Yeah. I got this. And he can't. And that's and that's where I, I think, Phil, the discussion that you're broaching goes deeper because with what Kirk is paid and with what a quarterback is expected to do, that's not acceptable. Yeah, if you're going to just, just not. work here, cool. Then give back 15 to 20 million to the cap, 10 million even, and we'll replace Oli Udo with an actual like veteran yeah. free agent. And you know? part of the problem too is could if you could transplant Case Keenum's brain into Kirk's head with Kirk's skill, you might have a really good QB, but you need all of that. That's why these guys are so hard to find cuz it's not based on just how far can you throw the ball, kid. It's based on are you smart? Can you adjust quickly? Like, think about the things that the great, the, the guys who scramble aren't necessarily all across the board, the fastest guys, right? Like, oh, man, athletically, that guy. Now, they do exist, but they scramble and they can move and they can shift because they are so smart at the game. It would also be nice if you could just, like, you know, 
scramble and move. But I mean, Russell Wilson is too. But Russell Wilson is technically too small. So why is he good? It's partially because he's just so damn smart. He's very situationally smart. Yeah, he's right. Also very mobile. But it's like being street smart, right? Like I, I'm yeah. sure Kirk, Kirk strikes me as a guy who probably uh, passed through high school and college with great grades. I bet he studied. I bet he got great grades. I bet he's a book smart bookworm. But street smarts wise, he's an idiot. No, I, I mean let's just call a spade a spade. He's an it's idiot. Hard, it, it's hard to disagree. Like when 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 pressure mounts, he clenches his teeth. It doesn't mean that he's o for every pressure situation, but he's not the calming presence. When there's adversity, more often than not, you know, again, it doesn't mean that he can't mix in a game winning drive like he has a couple times this year. And he's played largely really well this year. Yeah. But everybody and people always wonder, too, like, well, you guys are praising him the last two weeks and now you're flip flopping over here on the bandwagon. There's nuance here. Praise a guy when he's playing well. It doesn't mean that your macro, like my macro opinion of Kirk Cousins has never wavered. And I am. Not once. I am. He can still prove me wrong. Personally, I am smitten with his arm at times. Like I'm smitten with what he can do. <laughs> me too. It's, yeah, me like, too. Like, like it he's a very, off even more when you like, see how like great you, he can be. Like you look across the room at Kirk and you see quarterback beauty. But then you talk to Kirk and you're like, you're not what I thought you were. Some people are are more attractive once you talk to them for an extended period. And some people become uglier despite the outside beauty. That's sort of Kirk. You like that? You like that? I think Declan knows what I'm talking about. I think Declan knows what I'm talking about. Beauty's on the what, 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 the beauty's on the inside. You know, you gotta find people the clarity. Can up their find stock, clarity. People can up their stock through personality and through how That's they what I think. Have to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good, I, though. I, I right. But I mean, you're good at it. So you're, yeah, that's good. But that's where there's nuance here. <laughs> that's where there's nuance. Like, I'm this is why. Bail. I'm not going to bail this conversation out. What? No, I no. Hear, I want I want to hear, I want to hear more from Judd about Declan's life. Yeah. Well, I think Declan, got? no, I think Declan's got a good personality. I think Declan's a smart guy. I think Declan's a street smart guy. My guess, lousy student. Lousy student. I but told you, ca- I'm a but C plus student. Yeah, yeah. But who cares? Yeah. But you're street smart. You're, I am street smart. So, so if so if your if something at the bar is lined up on the wrong side of the bar, you don't panic and call timeout. You just move it. Yes, easily. <laughs> Thank you. He's like, go down to the next person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. guys ever panic and call timeout at a bar? I have. Many you times. like that? You like that? Like stamp of the bell. Timeout. Everything yep. else freezes. I mean. All <laughs> so right. what's it's going time, on? <laughs> it's time for Judd's. Post game oh, preach yeah. presented by Surly Brewing Company. Thank you very much, and and yes, my my friends from Surly Brewing, and in particular, what I enjoyed to get me through last night's vent line, a Surly Furious. All right, the Surly Sermon post game preach today, gentlemen. I want to talk about self reflection and looking inward because I am disappointed in one person today. It's not Kirk Cousins. It's not Zim. It's myself. After the Vikings beat the Chargers and Packers, I committed the sin of assumption. That is assuming that there might be something with these Vikings that is different. An actual transformation. Hence, I and all of us deserved a slap of reality that we endured on Sunday as a average, meh, not bad, 49ers team managed to drop the Vikings to 5-6 and six this year. There will, I warn you, I warn you from the pulpit 
of the Surly Sermon, there will be temptation to believe again before the season is complete. It might come after a potential win against the Rams, perhaps a win at Green Bay. But we must not give in to that temptation because the reality is that if we are to see a Super Bowl in this town, it will come from a much different team than the one we are watching now. Avoid the sin of assumption. That's your surly sermon. Wow. Tear to my eye. Oh, yeah. A tear to my eye. Well, you just, wait, well, you just said they're going to beat the Rams and the Packers on the road. I said they could. No, I said they might beat the Rams. If they, if they, they might they beat win the Packers. All of the game. But, but I'm saying one of those wins will then get us perhaps to say, oh, there's something here again. The, the okay. assumption. I like it. There it is. The uh, Surly Sermon, the post-game preach. Surly Judd must be furious. So, uh, boys, before we go here, we we, we got to bring it full circle with some silver linings here. I know that was uh, an anger-inducing game, but Declan, we'll start with you. What is your silver lining from yesterday's loss? Uh, my, my main man, Kanae Nwongu, having another kick return mm. for a touchdown and just mm. being an athletic freak. I think with now Dalvin Cook having a torn lambrum, it's probably a safe assumption that Kanae will get more involved in the offense. I'm sure Alexander Madison will probably still carry the majority of that load. And I like Madison, but I think it's pretty obvious that Kanae Nwongu is a very athletic special player and they should figure out ways to get him involved. If the Vikings can figure out flea flickers and getting Justin Jefferson to throw the dang I ball, those passes. I think Kane Nwangu can get 10 snaps yep. and, and figure out ways also to, if it's screen plays, I don't care where they have to start with it, but getting Kane Nwangu at least 10 to 15 snaps or touches could be an awesome thing for the Vikings going forward. Dude. He's a special player. Kick return touchdowns are basically impossible in today's day in the NFL. So he's a special player. He's my silver lining. How about you get that dude matched up on a linebacker or a safety? Oh, my God. Point, Goodbye. You, know, you could have him and Madison on the field at the same time if you wanted to. Well, you can't do snaps. that, Phil. I don't know oh, what no. you're talking about. C.J. Ham's got to be on the field. It's true, though. So, you, know, you have to put C.J. Ham out there, too. So I don't know. Maybe you take, maybe you take uh, Ole Udo out and go with four offensive linemen because what's the difference? All right, Judd, what's your silver lining? That the loss returns us to a place where we ultimately, I think, for um, for this team to someday achieve a Super Bowl championship, this loss returns us to where we need to be, which is changes have to be made. Zim, I think, is done. Um, Kirk, I don't know, but I can't, I can't say for certain he's back. Spielman, same thing. But the Chargers win and the Packers win. They draw us in, and then we're like, "But if okay, but if you do this and you do that, and and we can we can rig this thing to work, right?" No, 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 no. If you want a Super Bowl, there needs to be some major changes with this team. And I think yesterday served as another reminder that if we keep just saying, "Yeah, just tweak this, tweak that," it's a lot of tweak to be okay. You know, tweak to be. Five and five. And now you might be six and six. I don't know. But my silver lining is the fact that I think we're back to a point of acceptance. Yeah, I think, uh, man, I think my silver lining is that this offense, even with Kirk Cousins, like even if you decided, okay, the Zimmer-Kirk Cousins pairing can no longer happen beyond 2021. Just going to say goodbye to Zimmer, keep Kirk Cousins, figure out the contract, but give him an actual like offensive guru 
and a real coordinator that's not just training wheels coordinator Kubiak's son, right? Like bring in some real heavy hitting offensive minds here. That there is so much untapped potential still with this offense. Oh man. I mean, my God, they so go true. three running backs deep. They go they've got two of the best receivers in the NFL, and KJ Osborne looks like a very formidable third option if given a chance and given the targets. And even yesterday, like Mason Cole has played better in the last month. He had one really bad game. I think it was against the Packers. Um but like he's been much better than Garrett Bradbury. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Cousins was only pressured on six percent of. I'm sorry, on uh, six total dropbacks yesterday. So they're kind of figuring some things out along the offensive line again, and they got weapons all over the place. It's and it just, but they're just sitting here, one touchdown away every game from their full potential. So I guess my my silver lining is there is another gear to this offense. I don't know that they get it with Zimmer and with Kubiak but it's still going to be there and available next year for somebody else to come in and, and hit that ceiling. 100%. So I have fun watching this offense when it's clicking. The first half yesterday, some great stuff, the two touchdowns. It was a blast to watch. Um, I will say, too, Cousins, that back shoulder throw to Adam Thielen for a touchdown in the end zone was a magnificent throw. I think some people thought, Oh, that was a terrible throw. That No, dude, that was a great throw. It was a purposeful back shoulder throw, knowing that Thielen yeah. you know, could get some separation from the defender. And it's like, God, you see that, and you're like, don't get skittish. He's a beauty. A He's a beauty. Don't pull the reins Man, back. is he attractive. That's an attractive <laughs> QB. I think I'll go talk to you him. Like that. Oh. You like that. Uh, Kirk, yeah, I'll see you later. Bad breath. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Federated. Also here for you guys, business owners, Federated's been helping businesses in the state of Minnesota with risk management, tools, resources, people. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. Find out why they are the best in the business helping your business. Um, remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. I think Alex Boone probably has some oh takes my God. on that game on Sunday rhino? for tomorrow. The bleeping rhino. Yes. You think the rhino's going to come, I think the rhino's come in hot? Takes, man. Clear the runway. Yeah, we'll, we'll be breaking this stuff down with him for sure tomorrow, and he'll be uh, doing some film dissection. I don't know I'm gonna fire though. I'm still, I'm still, I got options. I'm still trying to figure out who I really want to fire. You got time? I got time though. I got time. Fire someone's yeah. ass tomorrow. I can do it. All right, boys. If if you guys missed Ventline too, that was an amazing hour and a half of therapy. You can find it on the Purple Daily podcast, um, scorenorth.com, and the Purple Daily YouTube channel here. So. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are happy to be your Vikings therapists after games like we witnessed yesterday. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.